to the Life on Ice podcast, featuring myself, Jody Figlemeni, and my co-host, Amber Scott. So today we have Kate Toms. Welcome, Kate. Hello, thank you. Kate is a former figure skater. So for all of you who don't know, we are all former figure skaters. And Kate and I met at Markham Figure Skating Club a few years ago. And so tell us a little bit how you grew up skating and how skating started to be a part of your life. Sure. Um, so like a lot of kids, I had an older sister um, who got into skating. It was the 80s. My mom was a big Liz Manley fan. Um, so she enrolled my sister in skating shortly after the 88 Olympics. Yeah. Um, and then a couple years after that, I started too. So I was about three when I started skating. Um, did synchro shortly after that. So I was about six when I started synchro. Wow, I didn't realize you could start that young. Yeah, so I mean, back then it was a little bit different. Yeah. But it was... I would say pretty much essentially once you got out of can skate. Okay. You could, as long as you could keep up with everyone, yeah. you could do it. <laughs> um, and then I did both singles, dance skills, and synchro okay. all the way to the end of high school. So for oh, wow. about 16 years, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So then I finished skating at the end of high school and then um, took a break, went to university like a lot of kids mm -hmm. do. Um and luckily, I went to the University of Ottawa, and while I was there, Skate Canada actually had a lot of events over the mm -hmm. years, Yeah, um, Skate Canada International, uh, Nationals, those kind of things. So I got involved with volunteering at those. Okay. Um, so that was kind of how I kept a foot in the skating world. Um, and then, I think it was about seven years ago now, um, I been living in Toronto for a bit wanted to get back into it yeah um and so saw an opportunity for a coaching course um and luckily it was actually I got my Canskate and my regional coaching at the same time together yeah so hmm. I did like a week-long course and yeah I got both of them at the same time so you started Canskate coaching at Markham I did yes yeah. and so that first year um I actually did Canskate and like Star Wars nice. 5 yeah um right, right together mm -hmm. So being at Markham, you were working Canscape. You and I did the groups together, yes, which was nice. And then now we've brought you over to East York the last few years, which is great. I'm not there anymore. <laughs> yeah, but you brought me you, over. You and Amber are there, which is nice. Kate has a bit of a different perspective than Amber and I do, as we've been chatting about the last few episodes. Is Amber and I do this full time, so. Kate has an interesting perspective because she has a full-time job and she also coaches in the evening. I, when I met you, you were coaching every single night. Right. So talk a little bit about that because that's difficult. And, and a lot of coaches can't do this as a full-time career. So they have to have other jobs, which is difficult, but right. you having a nine to five and then working at night, just tell us how, how that feels from a different, different look. Right. So it's kind of evolved over the years. Um, the first year I coached, I only did one night a week. Yes. And that was just, you know, I took what I could get. Yeah. <laughs> when you're starting, you all do that, right? Exactly. And Markham was great. I, yeah. You know, I had one free can skate session. Yeah. Um, and then slowly over the year, I got groups and things like that. So I was there longer. So yeah. it made it more worthwhile. Um, and then my second year, which I think was the year you started in Markham. Mm -hmm. And that, so 
I was doing five days a week at that point. And okay. it was more so just yeah. after that first year, I loved coaching. Yeah. I just wanted to get as much experience as I could. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm available every day. <laughs> and so then I got every day. Yeah. And so, yeah, then I was doing it five days a week, but I loved it. It was, I, I didn't realize, I don't think until I started doing it, how much I loved it and that it was a good break for me. Yeah. Was, you know, it was a break from work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people might laugh that it's a break. Yeah. After a Different. Five, but, um, but I loved it because it was time where I got a, I didn't have to think about work. Yeah. Um, I guess it was a different kind of work, but um, yeah, it was a couple hours of the night where my mind was in a different place. Yeah. I loved it. It's kind of interesting too, because like you say, most figure skaters when, or coaches, when they start, you, you take the work you can get one yeah. shift here, one shift there. But after you're in it, you're in it. Like you, you don't, you don't realize you're just going to the rink. We love coaching. We love going to the rink. So you just do it because that's your other job. It's just, you're not normally thinking nine to five and then I've got to go do another night. So if you're working, let's say Monday to Friday, and then you're every Monday to Friday at night, you don't have a lot of time for yourself. You're working at your full-time job and then going home, but coaching, (laughs) you know? And I think like, I I enjoyed that five day a week coach schedule. Um, I only did it for the one year. Yeah. Now I, it's a long time though. Yeah. Now I average like, and I would say pretty much since then I've averaged like three to four days a week. Yeah. Um, that's a little bit better. I think. Yeah. It was just, it kind of gave me those days to get other things done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You need some time. Yeah. Now, is this something you're going to sustain or do you want to coach full time? Like what is your plans now that you're a few years in? It's funny because if you had have asked me this question, what are we now? Three yeah. bit years ago, yeah. I would have said hands down, my goal is to be a full-time coach. Coach. I remember that. Yeah. It was, yeah. Like I, it's funny. I remember like new year's Eve of 2019 Yeah, and, uh, just like having a discussion about like, what are your goals for the year? Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't know that this is going to happen this year, but like, I would love to be a full-time coach someday. Yeah. And then COVID hit. <laughs> oh. And then I was kind of grateful that I wasn't. Like, yeah. I was, you, you still had your job during COVID. Yeah. We all did lucky. Yeah. And so it kind of, not, not to say it discouraged me from yeah. doing it, mm-hmm. but it, it kind of made me take a step back and think, okay, which is maybe not a, great thing because you know you got to live your life and do what you enjoy um but it did kind of make me second guess it and and changed your your thought process on it yeah which which makes sense not that I wouldn't love to do it full-time someday Mm -hmm. but just kind of thinking like okay maybe that doesn't need to be tomorrow maybe I can keep up with yeah um doing it part-time for now Mm -hmm. and then maybe someday later it becomes full-time I think what happens too is you know, like we all have had nine to fives and, and you have a steady income and it's, you know, you're working for someone else, which is great. It's scary to give that up. <laughs> yes. And you kind of have to have something in your head that's like, I can do it. Like it's going to happen, but it is a kind of a leap, right? Right. Because you're not secure. You're running your own business. It's a lot harder than people think. Right. Um, and you have to be able to live. We live in Toronto. It's expensive, you know? So it's just interesting that, that COVID changed your perspective on that. I think if you enjoy, like, I've, I've said this in the past few um, discussions is coaching is a passion. It, something drives us to go to the rink every day. We love the rink. We love the kids. We love our relationships with them. But 
you do have to have a drive to get there. So for you working day and night, that's amazing. Because for me, like, I, I just, I have this thing called coach burnout. And it, it's exhausting. Like for people who don't realize, like, we're, when you're a full time coach, you're like, doing admin, you're planning your sessions, you're driving to your sessions, you're doing all this stuff. And so for me, if I was commuting, let's say I was working all day long, like yourself, working at night, I feel like I would burn myself out. So did it feel ever like that for you? Or do you just, you were saying it gives you a little bit of a break. So you're kind of excited to go. Yeah. It's I, different, right? I don't think, I mean, it's been a couple of years now, so maybe yeah, you're used to it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I was ever burnt out from coaching because yeah. I think coaching has always been the smaller portion of my workload. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's always been my yeah. release, let's say. It was like um, your excitement. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's been times where work has been very, very busy yeah. and it's been hard to balance. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that skating's ever been like, I don't know. I've always enjoyed it. Yeah. I know for, for me, I'm sure you're the same and I'm sure coaches can relate. Like, it doesn't feel like work. No. It, it never feels like work. Sometimes you're you're not always excited to go, but it's not because of the kids or the ice. It's just life happens, right? And and you don't always have maybe an upbeat attitude, but as soon as you get there, you do. And, and everything changes, right? So I just say when you're a, a figure skater, you've grown up skating and you become a coach, something changes because you want to see those kids having the same experience that you had. Absolutely. And as the coach, you have to be there to give them that experience, right? So I think something just changes and I think any coach can relate to that, but yeah. and I think it's like that cliche, you know, where they say like if you love your job, you never work yeah. a day in your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know about that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's Close. just it. Like, yeah, if you, you know, to your point, yeah, you know, I was as a skater very passionate about yeah. skating, especially in my like high school years, yeah, towards the end of my mm -hmm. skating career, like I was making that active choice to be mm -hmm. there. It wasn't something that like my parents signed me up for. pushing you to do. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I was passionate about it. And so yeah. I think that's something I brought to coaching. As yeah. Well. Yeah. It's the same passion. It's just coming out in a different style, different way. Right. So. Yeah. So like coach burnout is a thing. So <laughs> I always describe it as it's exhausting. We put so much energy into coaching. And right. some people don't realize that it's not, it's not their job, which they wouldn't understand. But it's also, if it's not your full-time job, but you have a full-time job, which you just explained, it's even worse, I would think. But you're, you're saying it's a nice outlet for you, which is great. For me, sometimes I, I need to step away for a little bit or take a few days off, refresh, and then I'm excited to go back. Right. I always love being there, but sometimes just the, it's overwhelming to be just going every day, making a plan every day, doing two to four hours every single day, right? So it, it can be a little bit like a burnout, I call right. it. So I think, tough. I think you're underestimating too that you are not just a coach. You're a business owner. Yeah, that's right. True. So like yeah. you, you essentially do have a nine to five. Yeah, running a business. That, you know, <laughs> yeah. you don't just go for your hour, yeah. hour skating session and go home at night, go to sleep, and you're yeah. done. Like you have a business to run, and I think. Part of what helps me is that, you know, I have two jobs. Mm -hmm. So when I'm at one, I have to focus on that. But then I think in both scenarios, the other one helps me take a break. Mm -hmm. So like when I'm at coaching, that yeah. helps me take a break from my full-time job. When I'm at my full-time job, I have to take a break from thinking about coaching True. or doing any mm -hmm. of those day-to-day -day tasks. Whereas yeah. I think your example is almost like 
what a lot of people would say the downsides are to remote having, work to having a business yeah and like yeah, you're right you know it never stops mm -hmm. you could literally be working 24 hours a day mm -hmm. yeah sometimes that's how it feels <laughs> <laughs> you know like I, I said this before you know one day I'll reply to every DM every you know text message or every email and then the next day I wake up and there's like 30 more right and it's like if I'm not on it that day if I'm not really having that daytime where I'm responding to everybody it just right. piles up and then it just gets a little bit overwhelming right. so yeah it, it's, it's different yeah right? it's, like, it's, it's like a nine to five mm -hmm. that you know if I <laughs> yeah. go on vacation yeah there's usually other people that would pick up right the majority of the slack sure there's going to be emails and stuff I have to yeah. reply to when I get back but the, it's the urgent work yeah. is not going to be waiting for me whereas yeah. for you a break just means more work when you get back yeah and I don't want to take long to get back to people but right. sometimes that's that's what I call the coach burnout so. right yeah you need to look after yourself yeah and take that break so a lot of things combined make it overwhelming and, and one of the biggest things is community we live in Toronto it's crazy traffic especially if you're trying to get anywhere from four to six right, right. it's unpredictably it's it's so crazy. bad and I know for you when I first met you you were traveling a lot the first couple of years I did this I was still in figure skating so I was going from rink to rink we've discussed that before sometimes you're going to one rink for a half an hour right and then you're going to another rink for a half an hour but they're 30 minutes apart and unfortunately that's what you have to do in order to sustain the, the work with Skate Canada right especially right. if you're at different clubs um but for me, realistically, I had to look at my business last year and say, let's say I'm going to Mississauga a couple times a week and I'm going for one hour. Well, my commute is an hour. My lesson is an hour, sometimes less. And then my commute home is an hour. Right. So if you're commuting longer than your lesson, you have to rethink it because money-wise, realistically, it's not worth it for you. I'd love to go to the lesson, but realistically, gas. Just your time in the car. For me, that attributes to the burnout as well. You're tired. You're driving back and forth in traffic. And one of the things is being in traffic drives me crazy. Right. So I remember when I met you, I think you were you were living downtown, right? Yes. And you were going to Markham, which is quite far for you. But you were traveling way longer than you were <laughs> on the ice, right? Yeah. So it's funny because when I started... So, you know, this is pre-pandemic, so yes. I was in the office yes, five true. days a week. Yeah. Um, and so I could actually get to Markham pretty, um, like, within a 35, 40-minute oh, yeah. time period. And I knew, you know, it was predictable. Yeah. Um, but that was because I was taking the 407. Oh, so um, you're paying to get there. Yeah, so I was <laughs> losing money. Um, but, you know, it was I was building my yes, coaching business you're at starting that time. Out, you yeah, to, so yeah. I, I needed to put in the hours and, you know, to learn. Yeah. Um, but then kind of as the years have gone on and, you know, working from home now, yeah. I'm not as handy to the 407. Mm -hmm. So I'm now at the point where like, if I were to commute, like you said, if it's five o'clock, it could take me a half an hour to get there on yeah. a really good day, Yeah. but it could take me two hours too. Well, that's the thing. You never know. You, no. you really don't know. You, I try to leave an hour before every lesson, even though I've scaled back on the traveling and I'm, you know, within 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes of a, of a, a class right. or like an, of an arena. 
but you just really never know with traffic, especially between those times. So right. traveling and that far and not knowing, it, it's difficult. Plus, you're paying. You're right. <laughs> and I didn't have the flexibility, too, because I have a 9 to 5 yeah. of saying, okay, you yeah, know, it's we're, snowing we're, today or something like that, so I'm going to leave a little early. Yeah. It, it doesn't work like that. Like, yeah. I, I like you, don't, you can't leave at 2 if you have to. Right. I remember when, <clears throat> when I first lived uh, and they were doing that crosstown it was tough because literally a five minute drive, not even, probably less, probably a three minute drive would take me 20 to 30 minutes to get even on to Leslie, right. on to 401. So I would have to leave two hours before the session, just in hopes that I would get there and sit in the parking lot waiting right. for my session. Yeah, right? I think so. As a commuting coach in Toronto, we've all sat yeah, in parking lots. 100%. <laughs> I know, I've even sat in a mall parking lot in Markham. <laughs> Um, because I had left work early because yeah. I anticipated that it was going to take mm-hmm. longer that day. And so I was in a mall parking lot in Markham with my laptop, hot spotting, doing work <laughs> because I was there so yeah. early because it didn't take as long as I thought it was going to. Well, you'd much rather sit in the parking lot and be early rather than rush in and be late for your session. Because as we all know, there's nobody else right. at, at State Canada that's covering your shift for you. Like right. you're there and you have to cover it. So if you don't show up, all your kids don't have a coach, don't have a coach Yeah, you know, absolutely. so... So the travel is difficult. So, I mean, I'm grateful to have opportunities to go to different areas, but it, it's difficult now because I just much prefer to stay in my own area. So for you, it's a lot better because now you're in East York and you live a lot closer. So it right. just changes your perspective again with that burnout, maybe not having that expectation that, oh, I'm going to be in traffic. It's going to be a nightmare. Like, I'm just going to enjoy the ride and then enjoy the commute and it's going to be fine right so right and and I wouldn't even say I'm someone who like traffic doesn't stress me mm-hmm. out you know I, I'll throw on a good podcast yeah. <laughs> and uh I don't mind driving yeah. but it was just the stress of am I going to make it on are, are you going to be late or not and that yeah. was that was where yeah. you know this year when I made the decision to go to East York it was like okay I don't need this additional stress mm-hmm. in my life of and yeah. part of it is because of the pandemic and now working from home that my commute would be a little bit more mm-hmm. unpredictable so that's where I'm just like okay I don't need this and now I'm like you said I'm very lucky I have a 15 yeah. minute commute to the rink and it's at five o'clock it's yeah. you know the busiest time on Toronto roads and I have a predictable commute so and you're okay yeah I know I I started doing you know eight minutes away from one way one rink five minutes away from another and it, it does change your perspective you're so much happier because you just well for me I don't love the traffic <laughs> but um but I like to take my time to get there I like to think about my plan I don't like to be rushed and then you're rushing on the ice and you just don't enjoy the skate right? right so okay let's talk about something important that I think is very necessary in the world today social media so obviously businesses run strictly on social media these days right question for you is how important do you think social media is to have a successful business i i would say it's very important i think especially in skating power skating hockey mm-hmm. all of that you know the key demographic of who you want to work with are all on social media and their yeah. parents probably are too yeah, true. um yeah i think it's if you're not taking advantage of it, I think you're just losing out at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess what, what was it that kind of made you get started with it? Because you've been using social media for a while now. Yeah. You know what's funny is I'm not a big social media person. 
I have my own account, but I barely use it. Pictures of my dog. Um, I barely, barely use social media, but COVID had hit and I had just started my business. Right. And I, I had clientele, but then COVID had hit. So for me, I, I started taking video of what I was doing in the thoughts of this is my catalog. This is the kind of coach I am. Like a resume almost. This is what I coach. If you like it, great. You know, and never knowing where it would have been today, right. you know, but that's just what I thought. And during COVID, of course, we all had a lot of things we had planned to do. So it gave me something to do and it was exciting. I don't love the aspect of social media. What I love is the, the videos. I, right. I love the kids making the videos. I love showcasing the talent that the kids have. And it's funny because the kids always, I take video throughout the sessions. Most times it's just to show them immediately in the session how they're doing right. uh, show them their form show them things but you know you're gonna get a couple good videos and they always ask me well how do you pick who makes the video you know <laughs> and it's cute but I always say whoever is executing it exactly how I see it in my head and how I want it portrayed it doesn't have to be perfect but whoever is executing it how I'm asking them that's the video I'm going to use because it showcases me as a coach and right. what I'm asking for um, so yeah, I, I started doing that. It's and funny. I, sorry, I just want to interlude there. Yeah. I think, you know, your social media proves that because obviously I follow it. Yeah. Um, and it's not always the same kids that you have on no. there and it's a good, you know, you have triple A players yeah. on there. You have some double A players, yeah. some younger kids yeah. and it kind of shows, you know, what those kids are capable of. And different levels, same drills, but different levels. Mm -hmm. Right. And for me, I, I love the video aspect. I love it's funny because when I when I first joined, it's a business account, and so there was no fun music. So it was like, okay, so I had to get this royalty-free music, and that was something I had to learn. I'm I wouldn't say I'm like a techie, right. but like I like learning. So mm -hmm. I, I took it upon myself to research and learn, and and it was fine. The music was fine, right? I remember thinking, I was speaking to a hockey coach during COVID, and we were laughing because I was like, should I do my social media? When should I post? What should I do? And we were like, I don't know. Let's try this. And it was funny. It was trial and error, really, right? Right. But I would I would pick the music, and it was fun. And then I would do start editing, and, and it just is time-consuming. But at that time, I had nothing but time, right? So, But I did have a lot of work because I had just started, and I didn't have a ton pre-COVID that I could showcase. So right. we and you're trying to figure out what you want to show. What I want to show. And, mm -hmm. um, also, then we started doing uh, outdoor sessions during COVID, so it was a lot of that as well. So, um, so that's why I started it. Um, then it turns into a little bit of a. I, I didn't get too caught up in it, but I can easily see how people do is how many likes you have or how many views you have or things like that, and that was a little bit tough because I didn't want to get roped into that. That's right. not why I'm doing it, and I still don't care. It, it grew organically. I've never paid for an ad. I don't even know how to do that, which is great. So I'm proud of it because it grew organically, which is nice. Um, and like you say, there's different people on there, different ages, different levels. Um, but I, mean, I think you can tell, too, from the comments that, you know, there's a range of people that watch it, too. You know, yeah, there's, there's kids that are mm -hmm. watching it yeah. that are getting ideas. There's parents that are getting yeah. ideas that love yeah. what you do and... You know, they want to maybe show it to their hockey coach or something right. like that. So. A lot of people, which I'm grateful for, is a lot of hockey coaches send me messages. Thanks for the inspiration. I use this for my warm-up drills. and Because maybe they haven't been exposed to a lot of the skating drills. Right. So that's that's something that, that I enjoy. But it also has a downside. Because 
I don't get a ton of this. I have a lot of friends in the industry that do, and, and I've had a little bit, but I remember in the beginning when you had negative comments, it, it hurts your feelings a little bit because you're thinking about why is this person doing this or why is this person posting something negative on your account? For me, it's not so much about me. It's more, you know, it, whether it's a child or whether it's an adult commenting on what I think is somebody out there trying to be better. Right. You know, they're at my sessions, they're trying to be better. And then you have someone sitting kind of behind a computer criticizing them. And, right. and they're young kids, right? So for me, I get kind of protective of the kids in the videos. It's not so much me. If they're going to make a comment of my coaching, I don't really care, right? They, they don't know me. And what they're seeing is a 60-second clip of your entire hour. Or maybe you were collecting clips all week, right? But Right. And at first, you know, coaches would comment a couple here or there and say, oh, he should be doing this or he should be doing this. And you kind of sit back and you're like, well, A, you don't know me, nor you don't know what the drill was supposed to be. Right. You didn't um, see that before or after. You have no idea if this kid is better than 10 minutes ago or not. And and a lot of times the video isn't from the first time they've tried the drill. Right. And sometimes it is because sometimes they are that skilled. But sometimes they've tried it multiple times and I see the progression and I'm so proud of them that I'm showcasing it for them too. And, and they're excited, you know, but I don't put all the kids on there because I think it's important to ask them. Not everybody wants to be on social media. So every time I take a picture, I ask everybody, are you comfortable? And, and a lot of times at the beginning, I would ask the parents as well. Um, but now they ask me, you know, can we take a picture? <laughs> they see sure. the phone in. Yeah, it's great. And, and I love that. I want them to feel that way. But I think the... The pros are better than the cons, but at first it was kind of difficult. I'm putting myself out there for negativity. And to me, I would never criticize another coach's drills. If I didn't agree with it, I'm just not just going on. to say anything yeah. about it, right? Um, but to sit there and have a coach criticize the drill that maybe they don't really know anything about, or they're giving me their input that I didn't ask for right. kind of thing, right? So I think as you grow, you get a little bit more thick skin. And now I don't care. Anyone who comments anything negative or about whether it's me or whether it's about the kid, they're just blocked right away. And people make accounts and they just do these weird things. It's crazy. So it doesn't really phase me. Um, but you can really get, I can see how you can get wrapped up in it. Like right. how many views and the algorithm changes all the time. So it was on a roll there for a while that the, the videos, like one of them, I think has 500,000 views wow. and, and, and it was going crazy. Like a lot of them were, you know, pretty high, which is nice, but then there was changes in Instagram. So if you're constantly watching it thinking, Oh my God, what am I doing wrong? Or what am I doing? This? You're, you're, you're going to drive yourself crazy and I don't need that. Right. So I feel um, like for you there, it's, you know, you didn't start it for validation. No, that you're, no, what you're doing is not the at correct all. way. And I honest to God think that's why it's successful because I don't sit there counting who's liked it, who's not. Um, oh, these people are questioning what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, it just doesn't. I, I, I think the positive, like I said, always um, the negative, And I do try to answer when I can um, because if I'm helping somebody, great. That's why I'm showcasing the drills. I like to show the stories because... The kids are fun. We do have a lot of fun and, and they enjoy themselves. And I'm trying to showcase again what I'm teaching so people can kind of see it as a resume and say, well, I'd like to try that. Right. You know, and, and that's how I that's how I started it. I, I know a lot of people that hate it 
and they just post to post. Right. And and I think there's a couple things that people need to look at. Like, is it bright lighting? Right. Like the rinks aren't aren't the greatest. Like, are you posting a kid that's doing something that aligns with your coaching? Or are you just posting something because you need content? There's right. a difference. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I'm not crying for content every day. Um, I just happen to take a lot of videos so that they can look at it and see how they look. And in that, I happen to get some great video, which is good. So I think it comes back, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot over mm-hmm. the years too, of, you know, our philosophy in coaching mm-hmm. is to empower those around us. Yeah, of um, course. You know, and I think a lot of people maybe use their social media to, as a, like as a business opportunity that they just want to grow their business mm-hmm. and, um, you know, obviously that is why you do it, but yeah. I think you're also there because you want, like you said, you want to help other coaches, mm-hmm. you know, you're not yeah. just trying to get everyone to become one of your students yeah. because, you know, that isn't the way the world works, that no. everyone would benefit from every single yeah. smile out there, so. And I think, I've said this before, different figure skaters, we all have a curriculum, for, for those of you that don't know at Skate Canada, it's a curriculum. We all have the exact same things we have to teach our kids. But when you branch off and you, like I did in the hockey, you can switch it up, be creative, things right. like that. But any figure skater who's, whether you're coaching figure skating or you turn into a power skating coach, you're going to use those basic fundamentals from the curriculum that we're given. So right. a lot of figure skating coaches will have similar drills. Maybe we don't always execute them the same, and maybe you'll throw a different spin on it, which is which is nice, and, and that's what I like to do. But, like, every coach has a different style. Like, I might not be for everybody. You might not be every for everybody. And that just, that's just life. Like, not everybody has to love me. Not everyone has to love you. And that's no. just how it is. In anything we do. Yeah. And I mean, I think we're okay with that. And and to be fair, not every player is for me either. Right. And, and that's a choice from a coach perspective as well. I have a certain thing that I look for in a player to be, especially if you're doing private lessons. Right. So I have a certain, you know, thing that I look for in every player to be their coach. So not everyone's going to be for you and you're not going to be for everybody. And that is okay. Right. Absolutely. And like just talking about social media, I think coaches represent themselves differently as well. And that's totally fine for me. A lot of people ask me, um, I choose to showcase the kids. I I'm not on there very often. Um, most times it's because you don't have someone videoing you. Right. <laughs> you know, when I when I have you Amber, your own yeah, videographer. When I'm on the on the ice with Amber, she does a lot of video, which is great, and then you can see yourself. But in my eyes, in a funny way, I'm like, well, I'm the coach. Of course, I can skate, and of course, I can do this. Who do you think showing them all the drills, right? So I don't really think to showcase myself. I've already had my career. I've already done that. But it's nice to show yourself in a video showing what the kids are learning from you. But for me, I choose to showcase the kids and not everyone's like that. And that's okay too, you know, on social media. It's, I think what you're comfortable with, um, I'm comfortable showing the skills. It's just, everybody has a different way of how they want to be shown on on social media. And that's just what I choose. Um, Not for any reason, but it's just kind of, I like showcasing the kids and the drills that they do. So it's just kind of what, what I choose. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, from watching the videos on your social media, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's beneficial. Like, like you said, you can do the drills, but yeah. it, it's very interesting to watch like 
you know, an older AAA player mm -hmm. do that one drill mm -hmm. versus a younger AA player. Yeah. And seeing that, okay, they can both do that same drill mm -hmm. correctly. Yeah. They just maybe do it a little bit a little different. A little bit different. Yeah. And it's good to see those different stages too, right? So I think with social media, you have to, <laughs> you have to just do you. And, and, you know what, no matter what anybody says, we've talked about criticism, we've talked about hate on social media, we've talked about all of this. And I think at the end of the day, you have to just be true to who you are as a person, A, and as a coach. Absolutely. And if you're happy with what you're showcasing, it doesn't matter to anybody else, right? If they choose to love your style and love you as a coach, great. You know, I, I think that's really important. So, um, yeah, to coaching and social yeah, media, right? for it's sure. It's the same. And just being positive, having fun and yeah, just do you, right? Because like, there's nobody else like you. You want to make sure that you're being authentically yourself. And, and if you're not portraying that, then you're not being authentic. So yeah. So that is all things social media. Well, thanks for being here, Kate. We will definitely uh, have you on again. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. See you on the ice.